This Texas Tribune podcast is presented by Houston Tillotson University. Houston Tillotson University nurtures a legacy of leadership and excellence in education, connecting knowledge, power, passion, and values. Hey, Tribcast fans. Today we're releasing a special edition of the Tribcast where we're trying something a little bit different. Our reporter and radio producer Nina Satija talked with our editor Aman Bathija about a story he did recently on a celebrity who just might be running for president in the future. We're talking, of course, about Oprah Winfrey. Well, I'm in Texas, I guess you heard. You also heard I'm not allowed to talk about why I'm here. So I ain't saying nothing about it. Take a listen to this special edition Tribcast and let us know what you think. Here are Nina and Aman. When did you first start thinking about Oprah and her connection to Texas? It was the morning after the Golden Globes. Uh, I don't know if you watched that speech, but it really struck me that it did not sound like someone just accepting an award. It sounded like a political speech. Thank you all. It was... Her talking about inspiring uh, young girls. There are some little girls watching as I become the first black woman to be given the same award. She also talked about the sexual harassment scandals we've heard about lately. For too long, women have not been heard or believed if they dared to speak their truth to the power of those men. But their time is up. Kind of weaved all that together in a way that was really sounded profound. It felt very much like a political speech in that way. So I want all the girls watching here and now to know that a new day is on the horizon. And I noticed on Twitter that as soon as the speech ended, there were people saying she's running. And that's kind of a joke people make. But I think a lot of these people weren't joking. They felt like... It really sounds like she's thinking of running for president. I instantly just thought about when has Oprah kind of, when has her life intersected with Texas and if there was anything interesting to explore there. I knew she strongly backed Barack Obama's presidency, but did she get involved in politics before that? I had no idea. And the beef trial came up very high up because that, I did not know this, but that was a political story. The beef trial being when Oprah Winfrey actually took her show to Amarillo, Texas, to defend herself against the allegation that her show had disparaged the beef industry. That's right. Well, it started with a mad cow scare that began in England. Uh, There were cows that had died there in mid-90s of mad cow disease. There were also questions of whether some humans in England had gotten sick. And so there was a lot of fear if what, what happens if mad cow comes to America. And in April of 1996, Oprah tackles this issue on her show. It's a show about food safety and when what happens in this show. She has this man named Howard Lyman on the show. He's a vegetarian and an animal rights activist. And he predicts that mad cow disease will eventually plague the U.S. beef industry. And Oprah has a pretty strong reaction to this. Yeah, she uh, says that what Lyman is telling her has, quote, just stopped me cold from eating another burger. Around the time that episode aired, uh, cattle prices dropped. Wow. And I looked at the news coverage at the time, and I don't know if we can say Oprah show like caused the drop. It, some people have called it the Oprah crash, huh. but um, it seems like she contributed to it. Now, as it happens, just a year before Oprah does this show on food safety, Texas has passed a law that seems tailored to this very situation. Mr. Chairman, members, uh, are you ready? Yes. 
It's called the Veggie Libel Law. The Veggie Libel Law. I would like to lay out uh, House Bill 722, which actually provides for an issue concerning uh, disparagement of property, disparagement okay. of agricultural goods. And it's it's got an interesting backstory. Uh, around 1990, 60 Minutes did a story about apples and a chemical that the apple industry had been using that there were concerns that it was unhealthy. There was apparently a, a backlash from the apple industry. This created a scare that devastated the Washington apple industry, and as a result, a number of uh, insurance companies and finance industries now own apple farms they never uh, intended to own, and the farmers are out of business. They sued 60 Minutes and lost. A lot of agriculture industry wanted it so that if something like that 60 Minutes episode happens again, they have a stronger case to sue for libel. And in 1995, uh, the Texas legislature took up a veggie libel bill from State Representative Bob Turner, a Democrat from Coleman. Food producers in Texas are currently vulnerable to the careless or malicious use of false or misleading information. Any kind of accusation in the media which is unfounded uh, has a devastating effect on the industry, money-wise. One of the things that really surprised me in my early research was that the state of Texas was considering suing Oprah, which just sounds crazy to me. The state of Texas was considering suing Oprah. Well, the agriculture commissioner, Rick Perry, who uh, is who later became governor and is now U.S. Energy Secretary under Donald Trump, he was agriculture commissioner then, and he wrote a letter to the uh, attorney general of Texas at the time. Perry pointed to the veggie libel law that the state of Texas had recently passed and said the state should use that to sue Howard Lyman for the statements he made on Oprah's show. That got national attention that, you know, a statewide official in Texas was calling on the state to sue someone for what they said on Oprah Winfrey's show. And I'll, I'll mention, sue someone for something they said on Oprah Winfrey's show that does not mention Texas. <laughs> it didn't mention Texas, it was just about beef. Yeah. Attorney General looked into it and said that according to that law, only private citizens can sue people like Oprah or uh, a guest on Oprah's show. A guest on Oprah's show. A few weeks later, some Amarillo cattlemen sue not only Howard Lyman, but Oprah Winfrey, Harpo Productions, her production company, and a couple of other people related to the show under the veggie libel law. The allegation was that she defamed the Texas beef industry. How much money and damages were the plaintiffs seeking? More than $10 million. It's very possible that if Oprah had been willing to spend a little money, that the Texas beef industry would have just accepted it as a win and, and been done with the case. Her lawyer, Chip Babcock, who I spoke with, talked about how he thought this might go away quickly, but Oprah refused to settle. And so that's how he said, 18 months later, we found ourselves in Amarillo about to go to trial. That was a crazy time. I had a contract for 200 shows a year. So the only way I could fulfill my contractual obligation and not end up being now sued by your television stations that carry the Oprah show is to take the show to Texas and be on trial every day. The other side of that, though, is she did not have to go to Amarillo for six weeks. There was potential she could have, you know, conned for the beginning of the trial, left town and let her lawyer handle it and come back for when she decided to take the stand. She made a conscious decision to go to Amarillo, stay there for six weeks and bring her show and do the trial at the same time. Well, I'm in Texas. I guess you heard. There was a gag order. Uh, in place so she could not talk about the trial, which um, made for some funny moments on the show. You also heard I'm not allowed to talk about why I'm here. So I ain't saying nothing about it. We're down here in Amarillo, y'all know why, and um, can't talk about it. 
since we were going to be in town for what I can't talk about we're in town for. There was one moment, uh, I, I think it was Patrick Swayze was on, and he mentioned something about roasting beef in an anecdote he was saying. And she goes, roasting beef, you say? Interesting. And the whole crowd laughs. And we, we roasted uh, uh, roasted sides of beef and did uh, bananas foster over the fire. Beef, did you? Uh, and you should. <laughs> so it was just kind of this inside joke that I'm in Texas for this weird beef trial and I can't talk about it. It seems like when you have a jury trial and Oprah is on the stand, like she could win over the jury, <laughs> I would think. You would think so. Um, I, Chip Babcock, Oprah's lawyer, was telling me he was he was genuinely worried because, um, you know, when they got to Amarillo, Texas for the trial, literally all 60 jurors who were potential jurors in the jury pool had ties to the cattle industry. Wow. Because cattle is just enormous in Amarillo. He saw bumper stickers around the city that said things like, um, the only mad cow in Texas is Oprah. And um, he saw T-shirts that had Oprah's face with like a, cir- a red circle and line ac- over it. So we decided to come up with this little button to, uh, to show that not, uh, not everybody thinks Oprah Winfrey uh, has got this right. But once Oprah Winfrey announced that she was bringing her show there, suddenly the conversation shifted a little to... One, can I get tickets? And two, this is going to be great for our local economy. I think it's going to be a good thing economically for Amarillo. Well, I think it might do us some good. I think it would be a good thing. I mean, for entertainment purpose, I think it would be really good. What was kind of genius on her part was she, wasn't ju- she didn't just bring her show and it happened to be in Amarillo, Texas. She made the show about Texas on occasion. Got those pants off a of purple cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think, I That's think, fine with me. I think. <laughs> she... You know, her first episode, she she did a two-step with Patrick Swayze. She had, like, Texas celebrities greet her, do video greetings to her. It's a great success. I don't think you did anything wrong. But ain't nothing, and you can't make me stop eating beef. I think this is the mad cow. I mean, I'd be pretty mad if I turned purple. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say nothing about it, Lisa. Not a she really kind of um, paid uh, homage to this community she was in, as if she wanted to say... I'm here for some really sucky reason, but I don't, I, I like all of you people. <laughs> it seemed like that helped her case. Right. One, one thing I, uh, I learned in my research that was that by the time the trial neared its end and Oprah took the stand, there were Oprah Loves Amarillo t-shirts around the city, and those seemed to be outnumbering. The only mad cow in Amarillo is Oprah. And then towards the end of the trial, Oprah takes the stand. To be on trial, may I just say, is one of the worst experiences of anybody's life. And what I learned from that trial is that everybody has trials. But as I've said before, I have a really big life. And for me, my trial gets to be a real trial. She made the testimony not just about this one episode of her show, but about her entire life, about an attack almost treating the trial as an attack on her integrity and the kind of attack she's had to deal with all her life. You're sitting there in a courtroom physically with other people trying to tell you that you're not who you say you are. And that's what I see all trials stand outside yourself, whether it's a crisis with your family or with your health or whatever. It's that thing, that external force trying to tell you who you are. Kind of making it clear, I'm not going to let you um, defeat me because I haven't let all the other people that have tried to defeat me in the past win. The moment I got that, I, I won the trial. I thought, well, regardless of what the jurors say, I got that moment when the, the 
that the other lawyer was like flailing and spitting and, you know, <laughs> accusing me. She's a liar, ladies and gentlemen. I thought, okay, that is not who I am. And this is about to be over. The jury voted unanimously in her favor. Uh, and she walked out of the courtroom and was greeted with cheers and gave a pretty um, rousing speech about how proud she was. I will continue to use my voice. I believe uh, from the beginning that this was an attempt to muzzle that voice. And I come from the people who have struggled and died in order to have a voice in this country. So what does all this mean for Oprah today if she really does decide to run for president, do you think? I think what this uh, experience in Oprah's life shows is that she is really smart about her audience. And it's not just, uh, you know, I think there's a perception that her show was really big among, you know, maybe housewives. Right, suburban women. Right. But, you know, here she went into a town and that was filled with people that were opposed to her and found a way to speak to them and reach them and show them her perspective. So I think it shows her political savvy because this really was a political campaign in a sense. I think she has the potential to win over a lot of people who would right now say, I could never vote for Oprah. Thank you. Sure. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening to this special edition of the TribCast. Please let us know what you think. And by the way, a couple weeks ago, President Donald Trump tweeted, just watched a very insecure Oprah Winfrey, who at one point I knew very well, interview a panel of people on 60 Minutes. The questions were biased and slanted, the facts incorrect. Hope Oprah runs so she can be exposed and defeated, just like all of the others. That was a Trump tweet from February 2018. Thanks for listening.